Welcome to the Take Six Podcast. Hello, Toronto. Welcome to the Take Six Podcast. I'm Hunter Surplus, and on one line, as always, Mr. Callum Wise. What's going on, guys? Good to be back. Indeed. Very good to be back. On the other line, very good friend, Evan Keelhauer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening is right. If this is your first time listening to the Take 6 podcast, us three, we are your hosts, Hunter, Keel, and Callum, in no order of importance for sure. We are basically Toronto sports fans trying to give you our opinion on Toronto sports. We're giving a fan's perspective out here. That's for damn sure. You can follow us on Instagram at take six podcast follow us on twitter at take underscore six email us at take six podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions like us on facebook at take six the home for toronto sports everything sports everything toronto so yesterday was you know the three-year anniversary of jose bautista's bad flip the Joey Bats bat flip versus Edwin Encarnacion walk-off home run in the wildcard game against the Orioles. Which do you guys think was better? For me, definitely. Well, not definitely per se, but I feel like the Bautista one was 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 just so much for the city because that was the first time in so long that we had a team doing something, you know? Like, when he hit that and everyone felt that, like, we, we were going to the next round. We were possibly going to the World Series Obviously, we didn't, but we all felt in that moment that we could do anything because we came down from well, – we were down 2-0 that year? or Yeah, yeah, we were down 2-0. Yeah, and then they made those they, – they they messed up. They gave us – they equalized, they let us equalize, and then Bat, Joey Bass did his thing. And I, I just remember watching that. I wasn't even there. Like, I wish I was, but – Watching that at home, I just I went crazy. That was, it was just so good to see for this for our Blue Jays team, just because we had such a long drought of just bad, just bad, bad play. And it was just great to see a team do so well. Yeah, I gotta agree with Cal. Um, like I remember where I was, who I was watching it with, and everything like that. And it was just like such an electric experience. And like as far as like what was more important to me. <laughs> it was definitely that bat flip. Like he just, he just absolutely crushes it, and then like just creates the most iconic photo. One, one of the most iconic photos in Blue Jays history with that bat flip. Just huge assertion of dominance. I would say in sports history, I would say in sports history, that's one of the best photographs in, yeah. in sports history. I think it's the best bat flip even, of all time. Even the MLB posted about it. They said best bat flip of all time. MLB yeah. said that, not Blue Jays. De- MLB definitely the best that. bat flip. Def- but like, I was talking like photo because when I said the best, you know, photo oh, yeah, yeah. in Jays history, saying, I immediately like, thought recognized. of Joe Carter one. But yeah, we're recognized by even the MLB, which usually Toronto teams aren't noticed yeah. much by the American, like anything really. <laughs> Just float under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to say the the Joey bats bat flip. Um, I, I mean, the the Eddie walk off home run was kind of more important to our like to our season because if we lost that wild card game, 
we're absolutely, you know, we're done in the season. And, and we kind of had a really bad game up to that point. Um, mm. we, he was he was facing one of the best pitchers that to come out of any bullpen in the league, in Zach Britton. But he just rocked it. But I, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, it's definitely the Joey Bats bat flip. It, the, after the unbelievable seventh like top of the seventh inning that happened like you you can't it, it was just nuts it was just so emotional everything that happened in that game was just insane it was, just, it was the perfect setting for what happened for what transpired yeah it really was like especially with the beef that it created between the rangers and the jays i think that also kind of makes it more iconic and more relevant and a better, you know, baseball play because at the time there wasn't really any baseball rivalries. And that's what obviously led into Bautista getting socked in the face by <laughs> Rugnet Odor, that little bastard. But, you know... Then, I, then we swept them. The next season, yeah, that was pretty cool too. But, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Bautista walk-off. I do... I do remember where I was for the Edwin wildcard uh, walk-off. I was, you know, we were in, me and Keel were watching the game together in, in our 4B apartment in Waterloo, which was pretty jokes. We had a couple of the lads over, and it was just like, I remember just going off when Eddie hit the home run. We all made sure our phones were turned off. No notifications were coming. And I lost my mind. We man. both, yeah, like all of us in the room just lost our minds, like, we had people running over from other apartments, running into us and stuff. Like it was. It's like they had just won the World Series. It was That's electric. How great that that bat flip was. Yeah, it was electric, and I I just remember like, I remember Eddie just hitting that home run and just hands up, hands up. If he didn't like, if he hit that home run and did not run the bases, I like that's kind of, that's what I thought was gonna happen. He just kind of stood there for, you know, twenty five seconds. If he didn't run the bases, that would have been absurd but i would have loved every second of it oh yeah so yeah we're all we're all on the bautista bat flip gang um now we're going to be switching switching sports here to the leafs the leafs are getting started well, i mean they've already started and uh you know keel i think we might have been right predicting matthews is going to lead the team in points oh yeah man i like... think uh i think we made a good prediction like holy this guy is so good yeah it's it's honestly like i want to say i'm surprised but i'm not you know you get drafted first overall by the leafs there's got to be something special there oh and and And, special indeed this guy yeah this guy is special and it's it's not just matthews that's onto a hot start it's pretty much the entire leafs you know offensive (laughs) unit power play everybody um, Everybody is just bringing it. Just we got bringing four it. guys in the top ten in points. Like, four, four guys like four guys in like guys. the top five, pretty much, because Tavares and Marner are tied for fifth. Tied for fifth. Yeah. Tied for fifth. So uh, before yesterday, I think they were the Leafs led the <laughs> led the league in points, basically, <laughs> uh, with the top four point getters. Matthews has the most goals. Like Tavares is third in goals, only four behind Austin Matthews. This team's absolutely nuts. A couple records were broken as well. Uh, you want to speak on that a bit, Keel? Yeah, so uh, Austin Matthews broke a Wayne Gretzky record, which doesn't happen all too often. 
Um, he's the youngest guy to ever uh, record a multi-point game in his first five games. So Austin Matthews did that at age 21, and uh, Wayne Gretzky was the other youngest guy to do it at 22. Yeah, I think I think there is only like twenty some odd guys to do that in the modern era. That's nuts. That's, that's, that's nuts. not bad at all. No, not bad at all. It's nuts. Oh, is what not, it is. Not tw- not twenty. It's uh, he's the twelfth guy to ever do it. Actually. Oh wow. Correction there. Wow. Well, and that's... Uh, Morgan Riley. Speaking of you know breaking records, uh, he he passes uh Bobby Orr for uh, the most most points as a like most points for a defenseman in his first five games absolutely so, nuts absolutely yeah nuts. that's just crazy man just crazy yeah i uh you know they also uh they lead the league in wins they're five and one which you know is, is pretty big deal they're second in the league uh in power plays pretty big deal their penalty kill is also you know amongst you know the top 10 pretty much in the league they have the most goals for they're giving up the most goals against as well but you know you're a new team i'll i'll allow it i'll definitely allow it but i i do think that the one area that they do need to work on is their defense right like they mm-hmm. as you can see morgan riley's putting up a lot of points but the team's not playing defense really at all. Yeah. What is the only comforting thing about you know the Leafs having to score seven, eight goals to win a game is uh, a lot of other teams are having to do the same. Teams are getting lit up. So yeah, which it's is good. it's yeah. good to see that we're not the only ones. It is good to see. I I totally agree, but it's ugly. It's ugly. It really is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Freddie Anderson. Obviously, we talked about this a little bit in the in the Leafs season preview podcast that Anderson, he'll win you games here and there, but if he's off or if he's playing average, this team will give up a lot of goals. A yeah. lot of goals. There's no doubt about it. Like, a lot of goals will be. Yeah. Um, another good thing I like to see, though, is a, a lot of the Leafs defensemen, are they, they got a positive plus-minus. Um, Riley's rocking plus five and another just since you know i'm riding that austin matthews high right now um the guy's shooting 50 percent. 50 percent. it's not 50 50 it's nuts that's insane he's the steph curry of hockey right exactly now. literally exactly he just, just scores he just scores uh <laughs> i mean it's just like is has he closed the gap between him and mcdavid i think he has I think he's closed uh, the gap. I think he's the second best player in the world right now. Now, I... It's... I'm not... Hey, well, listen. I'm not saying he's better than McDavid. I'm not saying he's necessarily close to as good as McDavid. But from what we're seeing, this guy got stronger. He got better on the puck. His release got way quicker. He has an unbelievable team around him. Like, this guy could put up... This guy could put up 110, 115, 120 points this year. Nobody would be surprised. I you know, sure as hell wouldn't be. I'd say he's closed the gap, but just not like, not as much as um, I don't know. Maybe not as much as you're thinking. He's closed the gap because uh, he's obviously putting up ridiculous numbers these first five or six games. 
but uh, I'd, I'd definitely say he is totally a top five player now. Um, it's just like if you look at, you know, he's got 14 points in six games, but he doesn't have a, a positive plus minus. You know, he's he's sitting even, so he's got to work on the defensive play a bit and become, you know, that solid two-way player to really become, you know, the best player in the league. But, uh, but yeah, oh, my God, does he ever have the potential? Yeah, man, I, I like, I, th- I think he's definitely closed the gap more than a lot of people would have ever thought. To be completely honest with you, and I, I he's young, man. He's young. He's got a solid crew playing with him, though. You know, like, would would he have fourteen points if he was playing on the Oilers? And would would McDavid have more than fourteen points if he was playing on the Leafs? I don't know. That's just something we'll never know. It's something we'll never know. <laughs> It is something we'll never know, but I do, uh, I do genuinely think that, you know, Matthews, when it's all said and done, will be looked at as one of the best goal scorers. Yeah, I think this seen. really uh, shuts up the whole debate on people questioning if he's actually an elite goal scorer. Yeah, I think I think he is. I think he's yeah. all right. Yeah. I think he's all right. Also, uh, we just talked about the gap between uh, him and McDavid. What about? I think he's stretched the gap between him and Line A too. And you know I love Line A. You know I oh, love Oh, yeah, you're a Pied big Line, Line A fan. And, yeah, yeah, no, like, Line A really tore it up last season that maybe had some people, you know, thinking, eh, maybe we should have gone with Line A. He was looking pretty good. But, uh, yeah, they had they had similar stats, and Austin played, I think, like 10 less games than him or something last season. Um, but, yeah, I would say uh, – I would say he's he's pushing that gap, seeing as Line was uh, very vocal about him uh, being the first overall pick, you know, thinking that he should have gone first and that he's the best player in the draft and stuff. I think Austin's making him eat his words a bit now. I would say so. I would say so. So they played Washington on uh, Saturday, Hockey Night in Canada game. Uh, you know, they had a big win, but I don't necessarily think that either team played as well as they maybe could have. Toronto was on the, you know, back end of their four-game road trip. So, you know, I think they were a little weak, a little tired, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, something, you know, there was spurts of the there was spurts of this game where they were just absolutely unbelievable. But other times I was watching, I was like, "Man, this isn't this isn't what the matchups actually going to be like throughout the season. This isn't each team at its best." Did like, did you feel the same way? So unfortunately, I was at a party in Guelph, so I didn't get to watch the game live. But uh, yeah, everybody I was talking to um, was saying that it was just kind of a, a sloppy game in general. Um, but that just, I watched the uh, Leafs in 30, and I did see, you know, the goals, and they, they weren't the goals that we're used to scoring, which are just absolutely cannon snipes and all that jazz. They were kind of like grindy, almost fluky goals. But, um, you know, I was expecting the Leafs to lose this one, uh, just, you know, at, for the reason being that they were at the end of the road trip playing the Stanley Cup champs. I thought this would have been a harder one for them to win, but... uh it seems like both teams really came out flat there. Uh, I don't know, man. Like there was just something about about the whole game that was just kind of off to me. 
like there like I said there were spurts of like this is going to be the best you know seven game series in the playoffs if it happens but we didn't see much of it unfortunately we only saw a couple spurts of that we only saw it happen you know in a couple minutes the Leafs looked ugly for you know half of that second period a little bit of that first period and the third period you know they kind of turned it on but still didn't put together a full competitive game of hockey but I think it's a good sign that they're pulling out those wins even though you know maybe they didn't have the best game which is you know very encouraging to see especially against a team as talented as as Washington is and that's the new Leafs that's what's awesome about the new Leafs is they can come out flat and maybe not have the best game but now we finally have the star power where you know we don't need to have the best game to win a game where it's like we can come out a little flat we can kind of play a little shaky but we've got John Tavares Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews to you know all they have to do is zone in and have a good shift to you know put us back in the game or win us a game like it's it's awesome yeah I yeah I totally agree I totally agree I think Lars Eller's comments after the game kind of saying that you know they played Malkin and Crosby so playing the Leafs is a step down uh, <laughs> shut yeah, up that guy was just pissed He's shut salty. up yeah you're an idiot yeah Tavares, Tavares Matthews and Marner are the new Phil Malkin and Crosby mm-hmm. it's gonna be Ring City in Toronto oh yeah it's gonna Toronto be Ring and Rings gonna be all over Lars every time they play each other oh my god I can't wait I can't wait <laughs> The Vlad update, Cal. We are back. We are We're back. back. The boy. Yes, sir. So, uh, he started the AF. Or is it the AFL? FAL? AFL. Yeah. What is it? The Autumn Florida League. No, Arizona Fall League. Arizona Fall League. I was close. <laughs> I was close. Um, so he started there. I know you've got some stats here for us, pal. What's he hitting? Yeah. I mean, sorry to tell you guys, but it's uh, it's not good. It's not good news for Vladdy. It's great news. Huh? Yeah, you like that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so 15 plate appearances. You're probably thinking, oh, what, this guy's uh, obviously he's doing great. He's hitting what, 400? No, this guy's hitting 643 over 15 plate appearances, which is unheard of. That is just, like, even Peel said, like, you're not allowed to bat over 400. Like, that's just not allowed. And, and he's hit uh, three hits in each of his games and four doubles and an on-base percentage of 667, which is... <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how he's this good. Like, and then he just came out today saying he's ready, which I'm going to say that he is because that hitting 643... Of course you're ready. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, I don't really have much. We've said everything we can about him. Like, I just think he's the future of the Blue Jays, and he's ready. Now he's ready. Like, me and Hunter and Keel were all saying that maybe it was iffy to bring him up, but this just proves that he's he, – at least he has to have a shot, right? Like, he he's proved that he can hit well in every single league except for the MLB because he hasn't been in it yet. Oh, but, what you know, what else are the Jays going to have next season other than this guy? Yeah. Grichuk? Well, actually, they. Uh, I'm reading this article right now, and they have a very nice prospect pitcher, Nate Pearson. 
And, yeah, uh, Nate Pe- no, yeah, Nate Pearson is good, but still, like, nobody has really ever heard of this Nate Pearson guy. Grichuk yeah. had, had a good, you know, second half of the season. Yohervis Solarte sucks at defense. Like, Tulowitzki's probably going to have some more heel issues or whatever. Like, the team's going to suck next year. If they don't if they don't call up Vlad, they're not going to sell tickets. No one's going to be interested. It, mm-hmm. It's just these guys are out of their mind. These guys are out of their mind if they don't bring this kid up. So that team they're playing on right now is managed by Stubby Clapp. Really? The, yeah. Their name is the Surprise Segueros, which is an amazing name. <laughs> and it's, it says that it's managed by Stubby Clapp. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, some that, foreshadowing there, maybe? <laughs> we're going to get into that. Yeah, Vlad, if, if, hey, whoa, if, uh, if, if Vlad can hit, you know, 600, stubby clap, you're the manager, pal. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're making this guy hit, you know, 600, Bring you're the manager. The MLB, yeah. You're the best manager of all time. You're the man- manager of the year, executive of the year, everything of the year. It stubby clap. Yeah. I uh that's nuts. Uh anyway, so are we good to hop into the others now? Let's do it. Alright, so the others. Um Toronto Wolfpack. They played their million pound game to get into the Super League, which is the you know, the most elite league of rugby in the world. And they lost. They lost. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, wah, wah. Uh, it was heartbreaking. I mean, it was a very close game. I watched uh, brief parts of it. I'm not necessarily the biggest rugby guy. I'm not going to lie to you. But, you know, I guess they're a good team. And, you know. It, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so they, I, they lost 4-2. to two. Which is four to two. Four to two. I didn't even know that rugby scores were that low. <laughs> they they're not usually like I'm looking at all their previous scores, and I mean to be fair, they were amazing. So it was just like fifty two to ten, thirty to twelve, fourteen zero, twenty eight twenty two, thirty four twenty two. And they lost four to two. Yeah, like it was just like, a, like I watched some of it. I was at the cottage, so I couldn't really watch it, but I was watching it with my dad. Just parts of it, like the end of it, and there's it was just like super defensive, like the entire game. Obviously, if it was four two, but I mean they're they're facing the London Broncos who already were in the Super League. Uh, so the way it works is that there's three top teams from the league under, and three uh, the bottom teams, or it might be four, it's four or three, but they come down like relegation pretty much from the Super okay. League. And those four teams from both leagues go into a round robin. And then the best two teams, or no, the best three teams from the Super League already stay in the Super League. But the one that does the worst faces the best out of the four from the under, like the league under, which was the Toronto Wolfpack. And the London Broncos, who are already in the Super League, did the worst out of all four of them. And they faced Toronto. So they were already facing a London, uh, uh, a Super League team, uh, and they they did it. They almost made it. They were two, three points off. So they would have relegated London from the Super League, eh? Yep. 
Wow. I kind of uh, like how that works. That's that's exciting. That's Imagine nifty. Imagine the NHL was like that, or like, it was like MLB. It's just, you know, a super league for all, and then, you know, a KHL team, you know, eliminates the Arizona Coyotes. Buddy, it's my... Gonna, it's because they don't really have franchises. So franchising is when your team, like, guarantees a spot in the league. Yeah. These are just, like, their own teams. Like, their own clubs, pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's true. why, like, that's why the soccer they have that like, people get relegated because mm-hmm. no one has a specific spot. Okay, yeah, that's cool. It's an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Well, I guess I you mean, know. To be fair, Toronto Wolfpack is uh, this is their third year, I think, and they were you have to start at the bottom, obviously, and they went up two divisions in two years, which is unheard of. Like that's so good. And, and you said that would have been the fastest for any team to get into the yeah, Super League? Three, three wow. years to get go three leagues? Like, that's insane. That's like, they were, uh, I think they only had like four, like they, they had like a stupid amount of like, lot, like not any losses pretty much the their entire career. I don't have it up right now, but I'm pretty sure it was like below eight losses in three years or three seasons, I guess. Hmm. It's not a bad record at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think it says a lot about, you know, how good this team actually is when they're playing a team from the Super League and, you know, they almost win. I think that says something about, you know, who they are and what they, you know, what they oh. can be potentially. Yeah, this is the only team in North America, too. Really? We're the only, one, we're the only, the ones. only North American team. Wow. We're bringing that uh, Canada only, like to a whole different level. You know? Oh yeah. It's usually That's like, it's usually like the Jays or Canada or like we the North with the Raptors, but this is like, we're North America and it's yeah, Toronto. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And we're These Toronto. These guys will be back. They'll be yeah. playing for that game again. Oh yeah. I don't doubt it at all. Speaking of, you know, representing Canada, the women's Canadian soccer team played I want to say Sunday yesterday and they you know they won 3-1 against Panama Christine Sinclair Sinclair sorry scored two goals surprise surprise absolute weapon on the pitch Uh, oh absolute weapon on the pitch and you know this uh this win ensured that the Canadian women are playing in the Women's World Cup once again. They are representing Canada at the World Club, Club World Cup, <laughs> and um, that's you know that's that's big. I like that a lot. I think, along with you know the MLS kind of getting bigger with good teams such as you know TFC coming along and you know playing this. I think it's a good uh, it's a good thing for young Canadian soccer players you know, to kind of get interested and involved in, in soccer and going out to see games and whatnot. Or, I mean, you can't really see the World Cup games because they're not here, but, you know, I think it just gets more people to focus on, on the sport of soccer, which isn't necessarily the most prominent thing here in Canada. I think it's cool. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I mean, they usually get in. They're a really good team. Oh, yeah, but... they're sick. They're so good. Sinclair's a... So Sinclair's, with those two goals, uh, she has 177 
national goals. Jesus. 177. So, you know that Wambach, uh, she has seven less than than Wambach. And Wambach is like great, like goat, ancient. goat status. Ancient. Yeah, yeah, like, like goat status. She's been in the league forever. Yeah. So, I mean, Sinclair. Shout out the women's team. Yeah. Hey, shout out the women's team. Shout out to Sinclair. You guys are the Ho- best. Ho- hopefully they do well. Yeah. Like we should get-, get her on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> that would, hey, I don't can it out. We should try, slide in some DMs or something. Um, but yeah, dude, that's that's pretty cool. Hopefully they can you know win a World Cup, bring it home, for uh, I was gonna say for the boys, but I guess for the ladies, bring it home for us. Uh, you know, good luck, all the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that's all for today. It's a little bit shorter than usual, thank God. Um, Looking to the point. Yeah, Shay, we're you know we're really refining our pod game uh, nowadays. Uh, just one more thing. Yeah. Uh, TFC not making it into the playoffs. Well, yeah, we knew that. Just kind like, of. just like you know, just saying it. Yeah, no, math- holding on to the yeah, game there for yeah. a bit. They're mathematically eliminated. Uh, you know, this past week, but. They've, they've pretty much been eliminated it was since like, the get-go. We were grasping on like nothing, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Watch them air. win the rest of their games, too. They just go on some streak. I don't doubt it. Yeah, like that's... <laughs> just yeah. so some typical Toronto. Literally, typical worse. Toronto team. Useless. <laughs> All right, so I think that's it for today. No, no one has anything else to say? I got nothing. Perfect. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you know, like I said at the top of the podcast, go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, email us if you have any questions, whatever it is. We got all up on social media. We're on SoundCloud at Take Six. Uh, all of the, you know, Facebook Take Six, Twitter Take Six. I think Instagram is Take Six Podcast. Go follow us there. We'll be posting, you know, some content here and there. Uh, I'll be trying to post a little bit shorter stuff on, you know, the Facebook, the SoundCloud, you know, so people can just kind of tune into what they want to tune into because I know we kind of ramble on about a lot of stuff, which, you know, sucks. It's what we do best. It's what we do best. Exactly. It's what we do it's best. what we're here for. <laughs> so, you know, going on uh, this week, I actually got a uh, one of my articles up on the Out of the Park podcast website. I'm pretty fired up about that. Uh, it's run by Barry Davis, the big, uh, you know, the Jays. I don't know if he's still there, but he used to do all the interview- interviews for the Blue Jays, which is pretty cool. So I got uh, my article up there about how the Jays should be rebuilding right now and how they can hide their, you know, failures behind the rest of the, the Toronto teams. So go check that out, uh, out of the park podcast or at our website, take6.org, you know, we probably are going to be coming up with something sooner rather than later. Uh, it's it's kind of in a tough stretch for school for us, you know, midterm season, a lot of assignment season, which sucks. But you know what? We're uh, we're here and we're going to be making content for you guys as much as we can. I think before the wraps, you know, first game, I think we're going to try to do a a season preview. Hey boys. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think, I think we can. I think that's on the schedule. Yeah, I think it's on the schedule. I think we're gonna try to fit it in on Wednesday. Uh, try to get it out before that first game. 
We'll be talking about all things Raptors. It'll be a lot of fun. And it'll be my favorite podcast that we've done so far oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, so yeah. excited. All righty, boys. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Keel Callum, thanks for stopping in. See I'll you talk, next day. Yeah, talk to you later, pal.